Geico presents, oh, uh, not again, another voicemail from your roommate. Hey, man, so I was in a rush to get to work and I left the back door open. Could you shut it? I left it wide open. Uh, while you're there, could you also turn off the oven and all of the burners? <laughs> My mom never let me use the oven. I wonder why. <laughs> The GEICO Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected, like if it's your roommate's first time operating an oven. Visit GEICO.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance. Contour from Cox has all your favorites, all in one place. And with the Contour Remote, you can use your voice to find them on live TV, on demand, and streaming apps like Netflix, Prime Video, and more. See Cox.com for details. Hey, all you art history babes. Hi. <laughs> Wait I, didn't on know, I didn't know you were waiting on me to greet them as well. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Babe Nation. We have a new giveaway. We love to give stuff away when we have it to give yes, away. We just have to save up to have enough stuff to give away. <laughs> when we acquire things to give away, we like to give them away. And we have a new giveaway starting today, July 17th, and running through August 17th. If you purchase an item from the Art History Babes store at arthistorybabes.com, you will be entered to win this giveaway. And that is one entry per item. One merch equals one entry. Exactly. So if you get five merches, if you get three coffee cups and a t-shirt and a tote bag, that's five entries. That's, that's five. Five of them. So what's in the giveaway, you might ask? Well, let us tell you. An Art History Babe trademark t-shirt in Cranberry. It is a size small, but it's kind of a big small. Yeah, it's a roomier. You could do a lot with it. You could. You really could. Listen to our Ruth Rippin episode. <laughs> we'll tell you all the things you could potentially do with it. You could get DIY with it if you want. There is a necklace, a very simple uh, black pendant necklace by a lovely listener who does handmade jewelry, Allie Bremer. It's awesome. It's like brass and black leather. It's cool as all hell. And then there is a print of the four of us in Berlin that was printed by our featured artist, Zach Clark. There's a crystal from the the mountains of Shasta, California. <laughs> mountains of Shasta. Oh my gosh, that's the fanciest it's ever sounded. From Mount Shasta, California, right downtown at Soul Connections. It's a pretty magical place up in Northern California. We've got a fun crystal from there. And then last but certainly not least, a catalog uh, from a Ruth Rippon exhibition. Mm -hmm. So if you're unfamiliar with Ruth Rippon, make sure to head over to our Ruth Rippon episode amazing ceramicist and it's a really beautiful catalog with some really cool images yeah so you can be entered to win all of those goodies all you have to do is you got to pull the trigger on that merch you've been wanting to buy and you can check out our new stickers which are very affordable four pack of art history babe stickers there's coffee mugs, there's t-shirts, there's tote bags, all kinds of cool stuff. And also our featured artist prints are up in our store. So a print set, a triptych by featured artist Zach Clark is available. And that also is included in this giveaway. So buy some merch, guys. It's... It's a win-win here. Yeah. Check out the merch, arthistorybabes.com. You walk away with something no matter what. Right? You're the winner here. <laughs> we're setting you up to win. <laughs> uh, also, we're on YouTube. 
I'm just going to keep reminding you all that we are on YouTube. In case you haven't heard. Uh, just dropped a new video. We're recording today. We're just trying to make all that content, podcasts, YouTube. We're all over the place. So make sure you get subscribed on our YouTube. Watch those videos, like those videos. And yeah, I think that's all we got for you. I think so. So enjoy the show. Enjoy. From Art History Babe Briefs. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Corey. I'm Natalie. And we are the Art History Babes. Today we're doing a baby episode and we're recording it for YouTube. So you can check that out on our YouTube channel if you want to like see our faces and see some images while we talk. But yeah, we're talking about Machu Picchu. Yeah, this one goes out to you, Cassie. She's Peruvian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like she, she looked just really confused there for a, a second. Big fan of Machu Picchu, <laughs> just a huge fan. <laughs> We've been outside refurbishing an old old picnic table and, mm-hmm. and benches, and we're dirty, very dirty <laughs> right now. But we're gonna talk about another wonder of craftsmanship. <laughs> Great segue, <laughs> Machu Picchu. The stone city of Machu Picchu stands 2,430 miles above sea level, embedded within the tropical rainforests of the Peruvian Andes. This archaeological site is located northwest of Cusco, Peru, and was built in the mid-15th century. This site is known to be used by the Incan civilization for religious, ceremonial, astronomical, and agricultural purposes. It is made up of approximately 200 structures and is divided into an upper and lower half to separate farming and residential areas. The Inca rose to power in the mid-1400s. The Incan Empire was the largest empire in pre-Columbian America and stretched for 2,500 miles down the Pacific coast of South America, so approximately the width of the continental U.S. Machu Picchu is the most well-known icon of the Incan civilization and was built in the center of the Incan Empire above the Sacred Valley, approximately 50 miles northwest of Cusco, Peru. Machu Picchu is often referred to as the lost city of the Incas. However, this is a common misconception as the title is actually more fitting for the city of Vilcabamba, Peru which was the last refuge of the Incan people before they fell to Spanish conquests. Womp, womp, womp. The Incan civilization only ruled for 100 years. The Incan people fled their territories, including Machu Picchu, and then they hung out in the city of Vilcabamba, which is the lost city of the Incas, for 35 more years until it was destroyed by Spanish conquistadors in 1572. Spanish conquistadors, get out of here. Machu Picchu was constructed for the first Incan emperor, Pachacuti, Inca, Yupanqui. Eh? Nailed it. In the mid-15th century as his royal residence. The estate was constructed into a mountainside which overlooks the Urumbamba River, as well as mountain peaks known as Apus. Not only 
did this location provide a pleasant climate in a natural fortress, the area was considered the sacred location of ancient deities who were said to dwell in the Apus Mountain peaks. The estate was built to house royalty, accommodate staff, and included religious shrines. Emperor Pachacuti's residence was also located near the first fountain to ensure that the king would have the purest water to drink. Only the purest for Pachacuti. That's what they say. <laughs> you know that impre- expression? <laughs> Only the purest for Pachacuti. <laughs> oh, man. That would be a very niche, like, bumper sticker. <laughs> <laughs> make it would you guys buy a only the purest for pachacuti sticker if we put it in the store <laughs> contact us let us know we'll make it we will make it for you the construction of machu picchu is of great interest to many uh you've probably heard of it before i've heard of it. i think even if you don't know what it is you've probably heard of oh, it. oh yeah machu picchu is, is kind of a buzz architectural wonder i don't know it's like a very fringe buzzword yeah yeah everyone's like yeah machu picchu that's a thing the incas did not have wheels or tools made of steel and iron to help in the construction of this vast stone city additionally they did not use mortar when building instead they cut the stones with careful precision and then fit them together all snug wow yeah no gluey substance of any kind to keep them together just just fit them in there precisely interestingly this building technique serves an important geological purpose and has been crucial to Machu Picchu's survival over the years. Peru experiences a great deal of earthquake activity and the site of Machu Picchu is actually built atop two fault lines. The area experiences regular earthquakes in which the stones are said to dance. They bounce and then they fall back into place, which sounds really cool to see. (laughs) From afar, yes. Yeah. <laughs> if the Inca had not built the structures the way they did, many of them would have crumbled by now. One of the most notable features of Machu Picchu is the layered outcrops. The rock outcrops were meticulously arranged by fitting stones together and were designed to harmonize with the landscape architecture of the estate, which also included fountains and terraces. Terraces were a part of the landscape design, but more importantly served as a means of planting crops on mountainsides without causing erosion. The carved steps in the mountain allowed for easier planting and maximized the available space. Pretty advanced agricultural techniques. Mm -hmm. Additionally, many of the most impressive feats of engineering are civil engineering projects that took place underground. It has been estimated by engineer Kenneth Wright that about 60% of construction at the site was underground. So 60% of Machu Picchu is, you can't see it, it's underground. Wow. This included deep building foundations and advanced drainage systems made of crushed rock, which were also a necessity since this site experiences very frequent torrential rains. So this area is kind of like a natural disaster hotspot, which makes it yeah. all the more intriguing. For real, that it's lasted this long? Yeah, it's it's in this kind of hidden spot and in, in not a, um, a spot that really lends itself to safety yeah, <laughs> or, or like sustainability. It. When you were talking about the construction, I was thinking about like high stakes Tetris. And yeah, yeah. I think they won. I think they figured it out. Yeah, yeah. they beat the game. <laughs> You want to take a break? We're going to take a real quick break. Modern fertility. Dang, I really wish I could sing because I wanted to follow that tune, but I cannot sing. I can't sing either, but I just, I like making little jingles. How about it, Nat? I mean, you probably thought about your next step in your career relationship, but what about planning for a baby or a metaphorical baby? Or... 
or planning for not a baby. All of those totally reasonable <laughs> options. Exactly. As a woman, we kind of have to make a decision to either have or not yeah. have babies. And Modern Fertility is here to help with that decision making. Modern Fertility is a quick and easy hormone test you can take at home. So if you're thinking about trying for a baby or you want to know maybe what your options are for the future or or if you just want to know more information about kind of how all that works and your hormone levels and just, you know, generally be informed about your reproductive health, which is a great thing to be informed of, Modern Fertility is here to help. So I was able to take it and got my results back within like eight days pretty quick. It took me to the website where they had all my information, and I'm happy to say that nothing came back alarming. It was really easy to understand, and they use very simple language, but they also have options where you can read into the different hormones more closely. So if you do have something that maybe is slightly out of whack, you can read more about it and figure out you know, how to raise or lower or what that might mean for your day-to-day life. It's really interesting. Or your fertility, I guess. I was kind of just looking at it for my day-to-day. But um, speaking from experience, like, yeah, I definitely feel a little more empowered just knowing that all of my hormones are working and doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah, that is definitely good news. Also, It is very affordable compared to similar testing. Um, Oftentimes that kind of testing can cost over $1,000. But with Modern Fertility, you can get the exact same information for just $159. That's such a good price. Yeah. Plus, you can also talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse once you get your results. So you can get answers to questions that you might have, specific questions that are related to your results. And that is really valuable. Yeah, so it's just great information to have, very affordable price, very easy to do, comfort of your own home, don't even have to go to the doctor's office. And right now, Modern Fertility is offering Art History Babes listeners $20 off their test when you go to modernfertility.com slash historybabes. That's $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash historybabes modernfertility.com slash history babes modern fertility we're back machu picchu let's do it let's do it so machu picchu was abandoned in the early 16th century about 100 years after it was built and some suggest that this was due to the invasion of the spanish conquistadors but others have suggested that the site was abandoned before the conquest Regardless, the Spanish did not find out about the site and its existence remained largely unknown until the early 20th century. It's pretty impressive. In 1911, Machu Picchu became known to the outside world. Local farmer Melchior Ortega led Yale professor Hiram Bingham to the site. Bingham is credited with discovering the site and revealing it to the world at large. He and several successive academics would spend their careers studying the site. There are also some really spectacular uh, photographs that Hiram Bingham took. They're kind of the first photographs of mm-hmm. Machu Picchu. And they're they're really interesting. They're also an example of some of the first like archaeological fo- photography as well. So check yeah. those out. Interestingly, Bingham wasn't actually looking for Machu Picchu during this expedition. He was instead hoping to find Vilcabamba, 
which we talked about earlier, the hidden city that the Incan escaped to during Spanish conquests, so the actual lost city of the Incas. Bingham vehemently argued that Machu Picchu and Vilcabamba were the same place. They're not. He was wrong. This theory was not disproven until after his death in 1956. So he went to the grave thinking Vilcabamba and Machu Picchu were the same place. That's all right. Wherever he ended up, I'm sure he got told. He was <laughs> you wrong. were wrong. Can you imagine showing up to like the pearly gates? And, it's like, like the first, first off, thing you're told. You're wrong. <laughs> Wipe that smug smile off your face. <laughs> like he's he's met by Pachacuti like at the pearly gates. <laughs> Pachacuti's like psych. <laughs> Furthermore, there are issues surrounding Bingham's discovery of Machu Picchu. Not only did a local farmer lead him to the site, but there were three families of farmers living on the site at the time of the discovery. So while he was the first to study the site academically and spread that knowledge to the outside world, he was not the first person in contemporary civilization to discover the site. But he was the first white guy with a camera. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Just an important thing to remember. PhD. Yeah, yeah. An important thing to remember throughout history. Like, it it, it's, it was still an important discovery, and he documented it, and he shared it with people, and that's important. But a lot of times, the person who discovered a place wasn't the first person to actually go there. Yeah. Go Keep there. an eye out for that elitism woven into history mm-hmm. all the time. Everywhere, all the time. Uh, stay woke, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> what was our farmer's name? I think, I think we need to start promoting it. Melchior Artega. There we go. Thanks, Melchior. The best. <laughs> you're the man melchior <laughs> man goofy midday after being in the sun is just as good as a few glasses of wine i know we are we are sleepy right now you guys <laughs> um much remains unknown about the exact uses of many areas of the site if you know anything about machu picchu i think there's a lot of mystery surrounding it I watched a documentary. It was a National Geographic documentary called like Machu Picchu Decoded, you know, that Mm -hmm. like we're trying to decode this like it's not even an ancient site, but really old site Mm -hmm. and um, explore the mysteries surrounding it. The Incas had no written language, so there are no records to explain what Machu Picchu was actually used for. This has led theorists to speculate wildly. As they do. They do. There are some good (laughs) theories. Uh, One theory, temples and altars cut from granite suggest that ritual, possibly religious ceremonies, were performed at the site. For example, stones cut in the shape of surrounding mountains are displayed like holy icons. Um, there's some really good photos of those. They're they're really beautiful, like large cut stones that are meant to mirror these mountains surrounding the site, which were also the mountains were thought to harbor like gods. Sweet. There's a religious overtone there. And there's definitely there's evidence to suggest that no matter what the ultimate use of the site was, that there was a religious aspect yeah. to it. As there were for a lot of construction that still is around like spirituality was interwoven into so much of daily life exactly back then exactly additionally the intihuatan is a sacred pillar that is situated at a high point in the center of the site and is also in alignment with the four mountain gods of supreme importance that also happen to be aligned with the cardinal directions so there are like four mountains surrounding the site that are aligned with the cardinal directions that there were gods associated with these mountains. Mm -hmm. And then this pillar is kind of a high point of the Machu Picchu site, but also like 
greater alignment with the mountains mm-hmm. and the gods in the mountains. <laughs> yes, all of it. All of it, yes. <laughs> Some believe Machu Picchu may have been a military stronghold. However, it does not have a defensive wall, which seems a bit peculiar for a military fortress. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, it could have been used as a form of psychological warfare. The complex site was meant to kind of seal a conquest by Pachacuti and act as basically a sign to others that Pachacuti shan't be messed with. (laughs) He shan't. He shan't. Because he will drink his pure water in peace. (laughs) Because he created this really impressive Mm -hmm. architectural feat. Yeah, that would be quite alarming to come across (laughs) right like what is this also as we mentioned there was clearly an estate for royalty so it is possible that the entire site was just a giant retreat for nobility like spring break spring (laughs) going to machu Picchu. (laughs) i'm just imagining like mtv like spring break live like at at machu Picchu. Also, many man-made and natural structures align with astronomical events. So this likely had a spiritual aspect, Mm -hmm. but also scientific. Mm -hmm. And then another kind of big mystery surrounding Machu Picchu is how they transported the stones to the site. We don't really know how they got them there. I think kind of that's kind of a similar mystery that we hear with, you know, the Egyptian pyramids and the... Stonehenge. Stonehenge. That's the one. Remember when I had a student who called it hedgehog on a test? (laughs) Uh, The mysterious ancient site of hedgehog. (laughs) And that's kind of, I think, a general mystery that surrounds a lot of older architectural sites. But yeah, we don't really know how the stones got there. And we don't really know how they were able to cut the stones so precisely without steel and iron tools. So who knows? You got any ideas? Send them our way. We'd love to hear them. A hidden temple named the Temple of Moon was discovered in 1936. It is tucked along a trail on the Juana Picchu, the mountain peak seen in many photos of the site of Machu Picchu. The Temple of the Moon is a cave that was transformed into a religious ceremonial shrine. Inside the cave, a throne is carved into the rock. Beside the throne are steps that lead deeper into the cave, an area that some believe was once used to house mummies. Ooh, mummies. Mummies. So uh, the the people of, of Machu Picchu, the ancient Inca, were into mummies. They did a lot of mummifying. They mummified their leaders. They also, child mummies have been found, like child sacrificial mummies. Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh, dark. Mummies were a thing. You know, to mummify a person, child or adult, like it was a respectful thing. Yeah, to do. it means they believed in the afterlife, and that that person was had a one way ticket. Go into the gods; they're yeah. getting ready for the gods. So, mummies have been found, kind of in and around the site, or like outside of the site, mm-hmm. and they think that the secret temple of the moon was a special site for mummified important people. Mm. The stonework in the temple is thought to depict the three planes of the Incan religion. The Hanan Pacha, the heavens, is depicted by the condor. The Ke Pacha, the earth, physical life, is depicted by the puma. And Ukju Pacha, the underworld, is depicted by the snake. So some cool symbolism there. Mm-hmm. In 1983, Machu Picchu was designated a World Heritage Site by UNESCO. 
Currently, Machu Picchu is a wildly popular tourist attraction. I want to go. It's been on my list I since have a I friend was who was just there. Really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I've wanted to go since like seventh grade. <clears throat> really want to check out Peru. Would love to check out Machu Picchu. Yeah, same. Um, it's so popular that limits have been put on the number of visitors allowed into the site per day. And it's also one of those things that who knows how much longer they're really going to be letting people go. So if you have a chance, yeah, take it. it for sure. The trip can be a little spendy when you add up train tickets, entry fees, and the bus trip up and down the mountain. However, if you're more of the outdoorsy adventurous type and up for a challenge, you can hike Hiram Bingham's original route for free. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's a fairly strenuous, albeit beautiful climb that takes around 90 minutes. So 90 minutes ain't bad. Yeah, it's a great little adventure. So yeah, if you have been to Machu Picchu and you've got, you know, some anecdotes or some information you learned, please send it our way. We'd love to hear stories. Before we head out, what do you, do you think that there was an ultimate purpose to Machu Picchu? What's your gut telling you? My gut says, yeah, but <clears throat> do I know what that is? Absolutely not. <laughs> I have no idea and I don't Wait, think you, I meant to know. You, but... um, you didn't focus on circa 1400s pre-Columbian architecture? That wasn't your focus of study, Nat? <laughs> I'm shaking my head now. <laughs> It was not. I was really hoping you were going to know the answer. <laughs> I don't. Maybe I'll see if Cassie has some like magical Peruvian instinct. <laughs> we'll take her there and see if something happens. <laughs> she just knows. Like Maybe. I mean, I guess she hasn't been back since she was a kid. Maybe. And if you believe in like collective unconsciousness and just get her to meditate for a while the see spirit what if you believe that the spirit of our ancestors like lives in our blood maybe actually maybe pachacuti was her great 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 you know a few more greats that'd grandfather be, that'd be so cool it would be <laughs> yeah i don't know either obviously it's clear it had some spiritual mm-hmm. like that's clear that there was there was religious stuff going on there but whether it was just like a hangout for the elite or an actual like city or what yeah. exactly it was i'm not sure maybe a real crazy burial ground like Ooh. like the uh, oh that was another Peruvian, thing the inconversion of a pyramid on the documentary i watched an interesting thing when Hiram bingham showed up they found lots of lots of skeletons lots of dead bodies and like 80 percent of them were women oh no <laughs> <laughs> oh no the theory was that they had these the most beautiful women were chosen basically f- to serve the gods and like history but, has not been kind but I think, to females. I think they've maybe disproved that. Th- I that hope so. They think there was an- another reason that it was 80% women. I'm not entirely sure. If you Childbirth? guys. Oh, maybe. If you guys know, if you know about this whole 80% uh, skulls of women at Machu Picchu issue. Please let us know. Let us know. It's an interesting topic. I uh, just heard about it last night, which is why I do not have further information. <laughs> um, but yeah, Machu Picchu seems like a cool place. Definitely. Very interesting. Very historical. Send us your emails. Send us your thoughts. Check out our YouTube channel. Check out our store. Get on our current giveaway before it's too late. Don't miss out, guys. You'll be sad. You'll be very, very sad. And follow us on Instagram. Um, Oh, write us a review. I haven't asked people to do that in a long time. Yeah, that's always great. Uh, we Those are good. And just if you haven't and you have a 
minute or two to just write us a quick review. We seriously appreciate it. Those mm-hmm. are great and mm-hmm. needed and appreciated. And we appreciate you for listening to us. Yes. You're all wonderful. And uh, have a good time. Bye. From Until it was destroyed by the Spanish conquistador. Con- <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm going to read all that over again. The Art History Babes podcast is made possible by support from our lovely listeners via Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash arthistorybabes to help keep the Art History Babes going and for access to bonus content. Geico presents, uh, not again, another voicemail from your roommate. Hey, man, so I was in a rush to get to work and I left the back door open. Could you shut it? I left it wide open. Uh, while you're there, could you also turn off the oven and all of the burners? <laughs> My mom never let me use the oven. I wonder why. <laughs> the Geico Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected, like if it's your roommate's first time operating an oven. Visit Geico.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance.